Blog Hang on, Dan. Radio. Hey, John. <laughs> You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow Yes, well, it's another Tuesday night, and it's another time for Blog Talk Radio, and uh, we apologize for last week, but um, all sorts of odd technical difficulties uh, uh, kept kept me from getting Dan on the line, and uh, almost had the same problem tonight, but uh, I think he's here. I think I just heard his 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 voice. Dan, are you here? Yes, I am here. <laughs> I'm here. Uh, my gosh, it was so strange. Well, everybody, we are uh, really privileged to to have Dan back. I think he was he was on some time ago, um, but uh, this is very appropriate right now since we are starting. Uh, a kind of new theme here at the catch and we're calling it the Johnny's Cafe. Uh, we're actually even setting up a a uh, a new look on our website where everything will be in the uh genre of a of a diner of cafe and so you can have a sense that you're coming into the diner when you come visit us and uh chat with us and find out some of the other things that we're doing and and uh hopefully we're going to be expanding it quite a bit so uh the uh the, the reason dan is an appropriating guest right now is it because uh he was the producer on my last light records album called uh johnny's cafe it was actually the fifth album uh that dan was involved with um Going going way back to uh, Still Life days, 1973, and uh, I believe Johnny's was uh, 1979. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little bit about Jesus music. Uh, we'll dip into a little bit of nostalgia, but uh, uh, talk a little bit about the recording and uh, of Johnny's Cafe and some of the songs and. And uh, how how do they relate to today and our lives and our Christian faith and all that kind of all that kind of stuff, whatever comes up. So, uh, Dan, welcome back officially to Blog Talk Radio. Well, thanks. It's nice to be back. I I did look on the cover of Johnny's Cafe, and it does say 1978. So it does, it does go back. Okay, it does go back. Okay. Yeah, boy, I've been saving. I've been to, saying seventy nine. Yeah, it says seventy eight on the cover, so I guess that's right. <laughs> well, I guess so. Yeah, I don't know why, but yeah. I've been saying seventy nine for the longest time. Um, well, cool. well, I, I do that often on my stuff as well, trying to remember because there's been so many. So many albums that have happened that you can't. It's hard to remember every every year. But I I was doing uh, 
I was doing my wife's album, um, uh, Love Eyes, that same that same time, that same year. Oh yes, I remember that song. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, quite a. Uh, those those are quite quite the uh, years. They were they were fun and and uh, full and productive and sometimes hair raising and and uh, we were trying to keep up keep up the good work. I think sometimes um, the tail wag the dog. Maybe do you think that might have happened some with? Uh, Christian music and we got things going we got the record companies going and then we had to turn out records whether we had great songs or not you know that kind of thing <laughs> yeah unfortunately that became part of the requirement because you know people wanted more music faster and as a mm-hmm. result we couldn't just wait wait for the songs to be written that some artists take much longer songwriters take much longer to write their songs and made it more right. difficult to Pump coming out in the in the system because the system required another album within a year and uh, made wow. it more difficult to find find appropriate songs. Especially when you think about the first album that's ever done from an artist. Generally, if they're a songwriter, they've spent five, six, seven years writing songs, and then we pick the ten best. And right. uh, and then now you know, then as time went on and the record companies started requiring more product, they you know, it, it's harder to come up with mm. good songs. So, wow, I think that's why second albums, third albums, sometimes weren't as good. Um, there was a lot of pressure. But I'll tell yeah. you, I think one of the things that I enjoyed a lot about the records, uh, you know, your records and others who were writing like you, um, real life stories and telling things that that were important for everyone to hear and how God related to life. And I think that was Mm. really important and stuff we don't get much these days. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, not, it's not quite the same. Um, It's of course, boy, it's so hard. I mean, music now has so much broadened and diversified it's not even, it's almost not even the same world, uh, is it? No, no you're in right. In some ways. It, it, it's quite different. It is quite different. And um, it, it, it's, it's a different approach um, to what's being said. I think the, the music coming out of the Christian labels at this point, and many of them are owned by secular companies now, uh, are more Christian worship songs. And right, they're right. treating them more like, you know, like pop tunes or, you know, big ballads or things like that, where we don't have the variety. In fact, I, I was just saying to somebody the other day, I wish we had more lively worship material, more praise material, because a lot of it seems to have turned into this rock ballad kind of a vibe and it's soft rock and it's all the same tempo and it kind of gets a little boring after a while. But that, yeah, of course, that, I'm speaking that, as a producer. A producer. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. I mean, the themes these days, at least in Christian music, it's it's almost all worship music, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it, it, it they literally changed the genre from contemporary Christian worship uh, from contemporary Christian music to contemporary Christian worship. I see. 
And that so is that primarily, labeled? Dan, is that primarily because of the demand of the churches for more material? It's prim- Yeah, I don't want to be cynical, <laughs> but it's what. Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, and, and, of, and of course, a lot, it, it sells into the church, and the church uses it, and it goes through the the, the the church system, and and so that's what's that's what's popular at this point. So, and that's yeah, and that's fine because we we need good worship. I mean, we the Psalms talks about David, and the Psalms talks about that a lot, and you know, sing a new song unto the Lord, and I think it's important. We need to carry that out, and I and we 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 we're doing a good job with that now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, let's let's go back to the early Jesus music, which uh, which really, in, in light of this, um, in fact, I don't even think we used the term worship back then the way we do now. Um, no, we don't. I think we, we don't. We, we, and 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 our music was much more. Wouldn't you say our music was much more message oriented? We had we had a message to get out, and it was were it was not as much to God as it was to people to get them thinking. Yes, and yes, and and, and to get them to think and consider the claims of Christ, or or to get them thinking about love, thinking about at least get on the right track of a Christian worldview. Um, boy. What happens if you want to do that now? Uh, you know, you 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 ha- that's your heart. You want you have a message. You have a prophetic message as a Christian. Um, you you really can't use Christian music to get it out there, can you? Or can no? You? There really is no. There's no professional system for that to happen at this point. Um, okay. And really, what we, what we've done is we've moved and shifted the whole. As this is what we're talking about. It's all shifted into what we call worship and praise music, and and it's mm-hmm. music for the church, not for the world. And I think that world music is really crucial if we're going to help people understand what life is all about. And, yeah. and I think that's what we, what we were writing about then. When we're going through tough times, how do we deal with that? And who's there for us? And how does it work? And what's relationship all about? I think that was what we were trying to say to the body of Christ, but yet at the world of, at large. We, we weren't excluding them mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So if you have a message, if you're creative and you're an artist, but you're more prophetic and you have a message you want to get out, you probably have to just go through uh, the uh, secular channels. Uh, is that right? Yeah. I, uh, yes. I would say that probably making a, make, you know, signing a deal with a regular, a regular record company mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is, is probably what would need to be done. And, and that's certainly not a bad idea. And they're not. And, no, I. And the no. record companies, they're they're not opposed to it. If it's good music, they're going to look at it and they're going to take take a second look and then decide whether or not they want to release something like that. Right, right. Which, uh, Which uh, I think that's pretty healthy because that's really where the message needs to be. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's there's several artists that have done that. Let's take a look at at some of that. 
uh, early early Jesus music because um, I, I mentioned the message uh, oriented uh, content. Um, wh- what else do you think kind of sets that uh, era of music aside? Say those first three or four years um, in the uh, early seventies. How would you describe Jesus well, music in other words? Yeah. Yeah, I would say that one of the greatest parts about it was that even though some may say we were copying what was going on in the secular arena, much of mm-hmm. much of the of what was coming out were from artists that were already signed with Warner Brothers or with Capitol Records. Secular group secular groups did mm. not save. They came to Jesus and as a result they just changed it they changed the message. And Rather than talking about love and sex, they started talking about Jesus and and real love and real compassion and 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 truth actually and uh, and so their music, which they had already done in the secular secular I can't even say it, secular arena, now became mm-hmm. what we called Christian music. But it was but it was really good. It, it the music was great. It wasn't out of the church. It was out of just normal life. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, so I, I think, well, I, I am, think I, that was what was different. I, I often say we were trying to save the world with our guitars. And yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think... I mean, that's a general statement, but I think there was that passion, I believe, uh, to what we were, what we were doing, we had to get the message out there, and yeah, and and of course, for those first two or three years, the cool thing was that the the world came around. The world was very interested, and they would listen. I remember, you know, yeah. those early concerts we used to have at Stanford University, and I mean, they there would be tons of uh, non Christians there. Uh, yeah, because yeah. they were curious, you know, they wanted to hear Jesus rock or sweet Jesus rolled away the stone, a rock concert, you know, like Ted yeah. Weiss. Um, that, that was so cool because we had, we were speaking to the audience that we wanted to get to. Um, right. Yeah, that's right. But then, of course, what, but then, then what would you say? What happened? Uh, how, how did how did it change? Well, I think some of the things that changed that were Christian radio because Christian Christian radio would uh, who were used to doing much more, or I should say less, you know, rock oriented music uh, would would they would begin to rate these songs? They would get an album from from us from a record company and then they would um they would listen through the album and they would listen to the guitar solos and if there was a guitar solo in the song they would not play it on the air so all of a sudden <laughs> the the whole context of what the christian music the broadness of it and the eclectic elect, eclectic sounds that were coming out were now diminished into a certain tunnel of music and mm. all that was being played mm. on Christian radio was just these songs that sounded a certain way. 
And as a result, mm. that's all that was fed to Christians. And I see. So that kind of that changed the whole dynamic of what we were then. You know, then what happens is then the producers and the record companies are saying, well, if that's only going to what they're what they're going to play, then that's what we're going to have to produce. So then that changes right. what happens. And and um, and then of course I have a whole theory about how we kind of got off track with all that, but. Um, you know, when we, we stopped listening to what God was trying to say say through music and we were mm-hmm. listening and man was deciding man was deciding what what God was trying to say. Right. Of course we get in <laughs> we get in trouble every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Well, let's let's get let's get to, to Johnny's Cafe because yeah. um this is nineteen seventy eight now and and this is things are you know heating up and we are i'm now doing this is my fifth album and we're into that era of the music you just taught you just described we're because uh, yeah. I, I can remember i can remember the pressure from the record company to have it you know well where's your hit song what, what are we going to use on radio you know and uh yeah. and we always had to we always had to watch that, and um, and then then here comes Johnny's Cafe, which is probably, well, certainly my most ambitious musical project uh, uh, up to that time. And yeah. uh, can, can yeah. you kind of can you kind of set set the tone for that? Um, what were we trying to do uh, with Johnny's Cafe? I mean, we got brass and. You know, horns and stuff I've never had before, you know. Yeah. Um, well, we took you out of that, that folk mentality and, and kind of put you into a, a more <laughs> pop world. And uh, yeah. there, there's good and bad with that. You know, there always is. Um, and, right. But I think what you hear in Johnny's Cafe musically is much of what was going on in 1978. And uh, the, mm. even though there were certain, and I'm talking sure. about in the more uh, contemporary pop world, and so mm-hmm. what we were trying to do was move, move, move the sound of your music. Certainly not the lyrics. Nobody ever told you what to write, which is great. Um, right. Uh, but just moving Clark Clark Gassman, who arranged it, was moving you in that way and trying to give give more. Uh, more sounds that sounded like what people were listening to. And, um, and we even used a vocoder, which was the first time I think any Christians had ever used a vocoder on an album. And it oh, was yeah. kind of a, a new element. We did that at Martin sound. And I, I, rem- I can remember setting it up and that whole thing and going, is this going to work? I mean, is this going <laughs> to, how strange is this thing, you know? And, and let, well, let's give it a shot and see if the record company doesn't, you know, throw us out, you know. And and uh, yeah. so we did it, and you know, Bill Cole was okay with it, you know, he he was fine, and and that was great. Yeah. yeah. We so, had. Yeah. Do I, you remember? Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask yeah, you was, if you I remember just, that Clark had uh, two arrangements of every song. Did, do you remember that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did. You do. We tried to do yeah. a couple couple arrangements of each one and see what, what we liked best and what the record company liked. And, you know, that was pretty normal in that day. Uh, one of the things that 
what we didn't do because we didn't have the budget for it was to record the song four different times in four different arrangements. And that's usually what was happening in most of the secular world was they would record one song with four different arrangements and then pick which one they wanted. We didn't have that. You would tell you. Yeah. You could be able to tell then which one seemed to work the best, which one has the feeling, got the feeling of the song crop. Ah, yeah, that's interesting. But we did. We, we just had to decide ahead of time, which we were going to go. And I, I remember, uh, Clark was so nervous about that because he, yeah. you know, he was he was pushing out all kinds of uh, fun stuff on 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 each of the songs, but he was also very nervous because uh, he didn't he didn't want to push me outside of my comfort zone, and and so yeah. Yeah, to me that was why we had the two arrangements and. And the interesting thing, when we went over all of them, I think almost every one, I chose the more current sounding one. I, it just because it sounded fun to me at the time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you were pushing your own envelope too. I, you know, you felt like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's try it. Why not? Let's go there. Yeah. And I think that yeah. was good. Yeah. And it, uh, it still, I think. Uh, I think Johnny's Cafe sounds really good today. What do you think of the of, of the sound of Johnny's? Maybe compared to my other albums. Uh, oh, up until I, then. you know, I think I think um, you know. Obviously, it's 1978, so it's dated. I mean, it's got you know sounds that are different than what we would hear today. But mm-hmm. just in terms of what was going on then, I often would compare other records that were out through Columbia or Warner Brothers or A&M or Capitol and would listen to other records and see if we were, you know, in the ballpark of what was going on and our sounds were similar, whether it be drums, because the, the things that are affected the most are drums and then and how they sound in comparison to other people's and then how it was stylized with the arrangements and if the arrangement was appropriate to the to the melody and to the the actual, you know, uh, the music itself and the, and the lyric. Yeah. And I think yeah. from that standpoint, we, you know, we held up really well. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about, uh, the message of Johnny's Cafe? And, and do you think it, well, I, it, uh, it translates as well today as it did then? Absolutely. I, I, in fact, when I go back and, li- and look at most of the stuff that you've written and the stuff that others had written, Christian artists around that time who, who really had a heartbeat for what was going on in the world and how to talk about what was happening and the troubles and the struggles hmm. and the battles, it was right on. And it's still right on today. Hmm. It hasn't changed. We're, we're dealing with the same problems over and over again. And and th- there's only one answer. <laughs> so I think <laughs> to be able to, to say what's being said and the way it's said, you know, can take on different forms. But the message is totally complete. And it's exactly what what was necessary then and certainly necessary again today. Yeah, I've been having fun just hearing some of the tunes again. 
as we are kind of developing our site. And, um, boy, I, I think I, uh, I agree because, uh, you know, there's so much, uh, of in the Christian world that is still, um, isolated from the rest of the world. You know, they, people want to be safe and they yeah. want to be protected yeah. and, and, and so they stay away and then they, they stay in their safe Christian enclaves and, and, uh, you know, Jesus sent us into the world. <laughs> he, that was the whole thing. He didn't promise it was going to be safe. Um, he just promised that he would pray for us and he'd be with us, um, uh, that we be protected from the evil one, but, but he wants us out there. And, uh, and I listen to these songs again, and I, and I think they're all pushing towards um, getting out of that that safe spot and finding you know, the people around me, you know, like Talking Faces and Midnight on Main Street. And, and, and yeah. uh, you know, what, what is going outside of my, my, little, my, my little spot here? So, uh, yeah, so you think it, uh, it's still going on. Oh, absolutely. Uh, You know, I think one of the key things that you just said has to do with, are we, are we relevant to the world around us? And is the church effective? Is the body of Christ effective to the world around us? And Mm -hmm. it's really, it's really a struggle right now. I think if we look and see, is the church affecting the world? It's not doing a great job. And part of that is, you know, people don't like to talk about it, but we've got celebrity pastors and corporate churches, and much of that is not effective because it, it's, it's saying the wrong thing. That's not what Jesus was about. Remember Ray Stedman, our mentor, used to say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, there's no such thing as a senior pastor. He put himself on the same level as all the pastors in the church, he didn't believe that right. there was a, a place for some authority like that in, in a CEO type of mentality. And um, he also said one time, which I really appreciated, he said, when he was talking about come out and be separate from the world, saith the Lord, which is not really what that means when you just take it at face value. He would say, mm-hmm. I remember him saying, how many of you have had a non-believing family in your home recently? I want you to raise your hands. That was in a morning service at Peninsula Bible Church. And while it was dead quiet and there were, I don't think any hands went up. (laughs) And Ray said, now, now that's, now that's wrong. That's absolutely wrong. We need to be in the middle of our communities and we need to have people over. We need relationship with non-believers and they need to be in our homes. And that stuck with wow. me. I, you know, I thought about that and yeah. I thought, you know, that's part of the problem. Like you were saying, we're, 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 we're want, we want to be safe. We want to be protected. We we're we're afraid of everything. You know, we're not supposed to be afraid of anything <laughs> as believers. <laughs> so right. it's a little strange, you know, that we live in, in this world where we, we, we've created more fear around us because mm-hmm. then sometimes mm-hmm. it's because we don't really believe what Jesus said. 
And I yeah. think we have to yeah. we have to learn in our communities how to be really focused on loving others in every way possible and seeing how God loved the world and the compassion that he had. And when we learn about compassion and we see compassion and how it works, you your life changes and you change toward how you see people and you're not protecting yourself constantly from someone. Um, mm. And I think that's, that's the key to how we need to function as believers. And, and, uh, and I love that, that Ray said those things because I think it's, it's really appropriate for a pastor to be saying that instead yeah. of using, using, using the Bible to create more walls and more protection. Yeah. Well, well, speaking of Ray, uh, you've been working a lot with, with, uh, Ray's messages lately. Tell us about that. Oh man. I didn't know. I didn't realize the task I was taking on, but, um, but, uh, you know, Lambert Dolphin and, uh, a guy named Bill Rust took on the project of developing a website for Ray and knowing what a, godly scholar he was in the scriptures and, and how practical he was in teaching and really helping people to walk with Jesus. And uh, I, I realized that, you know, we, with the enhancements we have with the technology today, that there's a lot we could do to help some of the audio that was coming out. And so I, I got a hold of the guys who were in charge of the, the website and said, let me help you with this. So they sent me down all the raised sermons that were recorded. And there's over 1,500, there's, you know, about 15, oh, 1,500 sermons, I think. And then I have some others wow. as well from conference, conference teaching and thing like that, things like that. So, yeah, I basically live with Ray every day now. <laughs> and, uh, wow. And, uh, so how many, how many have you first, done so far? Uh, about 450, taking me two years. Hmm. Oh my gosh! Uh, I did. Uh, I, just, I just finished First John, and um, and there were thirty-five sermons in the book of First John. Now that's five chapters, but they wow. did thirty thirty-five messages out of First John, and it's powerful. <laughs> wow! And he and he did that with the whole Bible, didn't he? Teach through. Do we have in those fifteen hundred? Is that is that the entire Bible? Somewhere in there. No, it's not. Uh, I, I think it's, it's not. Uh, it's, it, there's a good portion of it, but I don't think it's all there. I'm, I, I don't know how much of his stuff was recorded. Now, I do have stuff from '60s, from 1966 up to about 1990. You know, which is hmm. about when he was retiring. Um, and and I haven't, you know, I've got a whole storage room full of tapes, so I'm. I'm taking it from real to real tapes and transferring them into digital so they can be uploaded onto the website, which is raystedman.org. Um, and I, you know, it's been a real, it's been a challenge because there's so, there's a lot of work to be done on some of these. They, they don't sound very good and they, and there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on in them, but, uh, but really to hear him teach again, um, like I'm doing now on a daily basis is just amazing. It's just phenomenal. I wonder. Yeah, I, really I bet that is. I, I, yeah, I appreciate more and more what what God uh, was was doing <laughs> through him 
even well, I knew I, I remember what a, a, a miracle it was for me to be there, and that you know you invited me to come down and work mm-hmm. with you, uh, which mm-hmm. was a life changing event for me. And uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've I've cherished that my entire life. Well, uh, you, you, there's a there's a benefit to this job, is is there? <laughs> you, yeah, you're spending yeah. all this time with these messages. That's incredible. Was that? Uh, I I want to restate this. RaySteadman dot org is that, and that's R A Y S T E D M A N, right? Yeah. Dot org. Yes. Okay. And, and so uh, and last week they 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 built a brand new website. It went up last week. It's it's really fantastic. Mm. And uh, they've oh, they've great. got raised sermons in in uh, in Chinese and in Spanish. Oh my! Fantastic. So they've, they've really done a, they've really done a lot of work. The board is serious. Uh, Ray's wife Elaine is on the board, and and mm-hmm. she's ninety five mm-hmm. now. And wow. uh, it's just amazing. <laughs> it's amazing what's been accomplished and uh, how God is using these guys on the board to uh, get this stuff out worldwide. Wow! Wow, well, that's fantastic. Well, there there was something very special uh, about the man, and um, and certainly, like like the music we were talking about, uh, it lives on. It, it it's not it's almost free of each generation because it's the truth, and uh, and the truth yeah. shines wherever wherever yeah. you put it. It's that's that's the cool thing. Oh my! Yeah, well, right. any any last words about uh, 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 Johnny's Cafe and w- what we should be doing uh, as believers? Um, you have any last words for our our listeners tonight? Since I think we're we're just about out of time here. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I I think Johnny's Cafe was a was a monumental album at that time because it just really spoke clearly to what was going on and and what God can be in your life and and how it works and uh, and that's fantastic and I I think that that's what we need more and more in our lives we need to understand and that's why God told us to be in community with one another you know so the catch mm-hmm. is important as well these things are are, are ways that we can be in community with one another to grieve with each other and love on each other and to help each other through life. And, and God requires that of us. We can't, we can't survive without each other. It's, it's, there's no question about it, but that's the way we have to live. It's what wow. makes it work for us. And, and so I encourage everybody to continue to focus their attention on not being afraid and not being fearful of what, the world has to say because God has another way for us to live and he has another way for us to think about life and the kingdom of God is within you. And, and, you know, he said that and he said, you need to listen to what I have to say through my spirit and pay attention to it. And I will help you through this life and you will progress into the man and woman that I intend for you to be. And I love that. I love that, and that's what we're on. We're on. We're on this journey. We're on this road to, to, to new life, and uh, and so I encourage everybody to continue on, and not to give up, and not to lose hope. Wow. Well said. 
Well said, Dan. Thank you so much for uh, taking your time with us tonight. I really appreciate it. And give our love to Jamie. And yeah, real, real, real quick, your daughter. Now, your daughter is out of there in in the world. Last I heard, she was doing music in in uh, Spider Man or something like that. What what's she? Yeah. How's her career going now? Well, she yeah, she's done a few film things and some television where she's singing most of the time because that's what she is uh-huh. as a singer. She sings on she sings on records all the time. She's worked with everybody in the industry. She's done a lot of shows on television, background singing with different artists. Um, she's sung with all of our favorites from years gone by. Mm. And uh, wow! And uh, and she travels full time with Kelly Clarkson. And so she's no been with Kelly for about she's been with Kelly for about seven years now. So if you see Kelly on TV, you'll see that beautiful blonde there. That's my daughter. And she's wow. in the background with Kelly, and uh, they they've uh, they have a great relationship, and and uh, yeah, she's doing well. And uh, uh, you know, she loves Jesus and and has a great influence out there. And she's so out there. It's she's out there. That's what, that's what we're yep. talking about. Down, down at Johnny's right Cafe. <laughs> yep. That's exactly Absolutely. Right. <laughs> well, that's good news, Dan. We'll look out for Kelly Clarkson. And, and uh, forgive me for remembering, for forgetting uh, her name, um, your daughter's Jesse, name. Jesse Collins. Jesse Collins. Jesse, that's right. Jesse. Cool. Okay. Well, all right. Take care, my friend. And I'm sure this won't be the last time we'll be talking to you on Block Talk Radio. Um, okay. All right. So, uh, Good to be with you. All right. Love to you. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye. There you go. Go spend the day down at Johnny's Cafe, you guys. There's just all kinds of people there, and everybody's got something to say. You're ready to listen. And uh, listen enough, you'll, you'll find out who these people are. And you'll find out what you know that you can say to them. And uh, you'll find out how much you need them, too. We need each other. And, uh, and God shows up right in the midst of all that. So uh, this was great. God bless you. We'll see you next week on Blog Talk Radio.